lovely weather today. Where are we? It's quarter past nine, uh, Saturday, the 27th of May. So we're heading now very quickly towards June. So uh, the longest day is that the 21st of June. And then the evenings draw in and it gets darker and doom and gloom. <laughs> no, sorry, I mustn't say that. The weather, I don't know the temperature. The last time I looked just now, it was 15, which is quite good. I'm not sure. I haven't got my iPad here, so I can't convert that into Fahrenheit and the rest of it. I'll have a look later. Thanks for all your messages. Loads of emails and messages about the National Health Service. All very interesting. More letters and letters, listen to me, going back to the 50s. Do people write letters anymore? I don't write letters to people. I used to. I used to write to my nan. She lived up in Sutton in Surrey and she'd write back to me. That was good. I remember going round to the post box, you know, getting a stamp from my mum and sticking it on the envelope, walking round to the post box. And a couple of weeks later, I get a letter back. Excellent. I used to like all that. I don't think people write letters anymore. I'm not sure. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Let me know, raise rants at protonmail.com. Do you write letters to people? Or is it all now on your iPhone, iPad, PC, iWhatever, <laughs> and video chats to uh, relations in Australia and America? Well, as you know, my son lives in North Carolina. We have video chats. He'll show me latest things he's up to. I'll show him around my high-tech studio here. <laughs> Anyway, the weather, yeah, the wind, we got blue sky at last summer's arrived, the blue sky, a little bit of a breeze from the east at the moment, which is quite nice. It's a, a cooling breeze. And of course, you still get the UV, don't you? The, the sunburn business. I've never had sunburn ever. I don't know why that should be. I've never used sunblock, sun cream, anything like that. Whereas other people very pale skinned people they step outside the house into the sun and within minutes they've gone bright red they've cooked i don't know why that should be okay several things to tell you on social media i forget where it was it uh, twitter or facebook I, I so many platforms i don't know where i saw it but a chap in worthing where i live that's where i am now of course for newcomers because i know that uh, new people are turning up to listen to the podcast every week I'm in Worthy on the south coast of the UK. A chap took a photo of a roundabout near us and he must have had a drone because it's uh, above the roundabout. And he's saying, what is going on here? So I had a look at the photo and there are pictures of bicycles. You know how they do the white lines? Well, someone has drawn with the white lines. Professionally, it's not, not someone sneaked out of the night and done it. They've drawn bicycle symbols two uh, on each exit or entrance to the roundabout. So what, one, two, three, four, uh, yeah, eight, eight altogether. And he's saying, what, what do these bicycle uh, signs mean? And other people were saying, well, is it now that roundabout? Is it bicycles only? Don't know. No one knows. I don't know. Now, we've just been to see my mum, my good old mum, and we went that way, past that roundabout. Not past it, over it, round it, on it. <laughs> And there's these bicycle symbols. And Trish and I are looking at each other. Well, what does it mean? Is it bikes only? And you can see other people. There were some pedestrians standing nearby. And they're looking and they're pointing and taking photos with their phones. So I don't know what that means. Does it mean bicycles have priority over cars? I've no idea. Some idiot. <laughs> 
some idiot behind a desk, some fool, has decided, oh, I tell you what, let's put bicycle pictures, emblems, symbols on that roundabout. That, that should be good fun. That'll waste some money. And I don't suppose the idiot even knows what they're for. He probably thought that looked nice. I, I don't, we'll have pictures of bikes. That'll look rather good. Anyway, that's that. Yesterday, no, uh, was it yesterday? Whenever. Went to see number three, daughter. Now, she lives in East Worthing, not too far, mile and a half. I worked it out because I know some of you are going to say, well, why didn't you walk? This is what, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. This is what happened. We set off and we got to her road. Nowhere to park. It's all permit holders only. There were gaps where you could park, but it was permit holders only. So we couldn't park there because you get busted. So we drove, we thought, that's fine. We drove a couple of streets away, permit holders only. This is near Worthing Hospital. I don't know whether that is why, probably. So we go a few more streets away, permit holders only. And I'm saying to Trish, this is daft. You know, we've got a heavy box to take into her place. So we couldn't walk. That's why I mentioned that uh, it's only a mile and a half. What you'll be saying, well, why don't you walk? What do you take the car for? We took the car because we had this heavy box. It was a, what was it? We're giving her a microwave or something. Anyway, it's in this big box and it's very heavy. I eventually said to Trish, look, I'll drop you off at her place with the box. You go in and I'll just drive miles away and try and find somewhere to park or even drive home and then walk the mile and a half back. But then as Trish reminded me, no, we got something to pick up from her to take home. And we can't carry that a mile and a half. Anyway, it went on and on. I'm driving around. I don't know where to park. Then I saw this sign, permit holders only, up until three o'clock. Then anyone can park. So I checked the time. It was quarter to three. So what I did, I sat in the car until three o'clock, 15 minutes, listen to the radio. I could then park there legally and walk what is it 100 or 200 yards to number three daughter's place but where are you supposed to park I have no idea there's just nowhere in well East Worthing I don't know about other places you see we don't normally park in Worthing if we go into town we walk because we're not far from the town but what are people supposed to do there are a couple of car parks in the middle of town I dread to think what it costs to park there probably 100 quid an hour. But out of town a little bit, it's all permit holders. And the idea of that, of course, is if you live like we live here, we had a letter from the council once, would you want it to be permit holders only in your road? And we all said, yes, I checked with the neighbours. Everyone said, oh, yes, please. The reason we said yes is because the railway station is round the corner from us. And what people do, they park in our road, get the train to London, They've gone all day and they come back sort of, what, six, seven at night and then drive off. So they've dumped their car here all day. There is a car park at the station. But anyway, we never did get the permit holder status thing or whatever they call it. But most people here now have made their front gardens into a driveway. So people won't park across the driveway, you know. So I don't know, but it's absolute nightmare, all of it. If I find out what these bicycle symbols they've drawn on the road, if I find out what they mean, I'll let you know. Or perhaps you know. Have you got, if you're in the UK, have you got that anywhere near you? Pictures of bicycles just appear overnight on the road and no one knows what they mean. 
chap I know has got scarlet fever. I'm not going to mention any names or anything. Scarlet fever. How about that? I thought that had been wiped out along with diphtheria and goodness knows what else. So that's not good. He's just got back from a holiday abroad somewhere. I don't know where. And uh, he reckons that perhaps that's where it's come from. So I don't know. That's not good. Um, apparently he's been quite ill with it. So scarlet fever. I remember in the old days when I was a boy, things like diphtheria, uh, scarlet fever, all these weird things. There were a lot more things, weren't there? I can't remember what they're all called now. But uh, it was quite, not rife, but it wasn't at all unheard of. Scabies and all sorts of things going around. But these days, I think most of it's been wiped out. So that's not good. We went to the club last night. That was good. Uh, the music quiz went with uh, Trish, of course, and her sister and her husband. We didn't win. I just sat there. I haven't got a clue. What year was this song? And he plays a bit of a record. I've no idea. Back in the 70s, was it? I haven't got a clue. Who sang this? Plays a bit of a song. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Some woman. <laughs> I did get, on the 60s round, they did about 10 parts of 60s records. And I did know that. I not only knew the title, but I knew the who, who did it, the artist. So that I did help. I didn't just sit there all evening with my beer, wondering what time we could go. Yeah, when can I go? Can I go home yet? Oh, no. Oh, dear, we got another round. Not another round of drinks, another round of questions. But it was good fun. And before we went there, we had uh, chips, fish and chips in the garden. I don't like fish. I had burger, veggie burger and chips in the garden. Not the sort of meal really you have on a hot summer evening, which it was a lovely evening. Fish and chips, not really the sort of summer meal is it you want something really like salad i like salad i just cry can you hear me i'm just crossing things off my list there we are put the pen down there i have to write everything down these days absolutely everything i've got here what's this it says here iceland what does that mean it's all very well writing stuff on bits of paper but if it just says iceland i mean what am i gonna, gonna book a holiday to reykjavik or am i go, going someone perhaps coming here to visitors from Iceland? Or is it the shop Iceland? Does it mean pop up there and get some lollies? Some ice cream? That would be nice. Absolutely lovely weather. Absolutely wonderful. And about time. I can say, who was it? Ray, I can say the word absolutely. Was it you, Ray? Or I can't remember. People say absolutely instead of yes. Did you enjoy yourself? Absolutely. Well, that's wrong, isn't it? It's the wrong word. If Did you enjoy yourself? Yes, I did. Or no, I didn't. In my case, normally. Was that fun? No, it wasn't. It was boring. So I didn't use absolutely in the wrong context there. I do watch the clock when we go out anywhere because I like getting home. Well, I got home last night, had a cup of tea in bed. That was rather nice. Sat up in bed, cup of tea and had a look on my iPad and then went to sleep. They say, have you heard that? You know you're getting old when the time you used to go out when you're young, is the time you now go to bed. <laughs> I used to go out at, well, no, that's not quite true in my case. I used to go out at seven o'clock, half seven in the evening. I don't go to bed that early, but that, that's quite an interesting thing, is that, you know, you're getting old when you go to bed at the time you used to go out. I like that. You've probably heard Tina Turner passed away. What was she, 80, 83, I think, after a long illness. That's sad. I didn't, you know, go out and buy all her albums and stuff but I did like a lot of her tracks 
River Deep Mountain. I won't go through them all, but uh, that's sad, isn't it? And Mick Jagger posted something online somewhere saying that uh, she was a, a great help to him when he was younger. I think he, she taught him all his moves, moves like Jagger. I think uh, when he was younger with the Rolling Stones, all the moves he did on stage, I think she taught him or helped him do all that. So, yeah, that's a, a great shame, isn't it? I know we've all got to go at some stage. 83, I'm sure that's what the age I read. Uh, these days, that's not very old, is it? That's only 11 years older than me. Stoner Crows. I hope I've got more than 11 years because I've got lots to do. I've got, oh, the shed roof's still leaking. I must do that. Because now the better weather's here, I am able to get outside and do a lot of these jobs, which is good. Michael Portello, you know Michael Portello, he was a, an MP. He was 70 the other day. So happy birthday to you, Michael, if you're listening. <laughs> I doubt you're listening. And Mick Jagger, hi, hi to you if you're listening. Wouldn't it be funny if they were listening? I like the Rolling Stones. When I was at school, the thing was, now here's the thing, as it was then, are you Stones or Beatles? You had to be one or the other. You couldn't be both. You had to be one or the other. And I was always Rolling Stones when kids said to me, well, are you Rolling Stones or Beatles? Rolling Stones. And if someone were Beatles, then they, you know, they'd punch you because <laughs> you weren't with that. Oh, I don't know. All this bullying. that It goes on now, doesn't it? Bullying. Won't go into that, though. It's, it's all got silly out of hand. No discipline in schools anymore. That's the trouble. And the other thing was mods and rockers, wasn't it? I don't know whether you had that in other countries, did you? Mods and rockers and the Stones or the Beatles. I wasn't a mod or a rocker. Uh, I was a, a hippie. I don't quite know what hippies did. They sort of lounged around in strange psychedelic clothes and put flowers in their hair. That's what I did. Well, I didn't lounge around, not all the time. I did go to work. I didn't go to work with flowers in my hair <laughs> and the kipper tie. Who remembers the kipper ties and the big collars and all that stuff? I had the full head of hair, a full beard and moustache. Happy days. I don't know whether you've heard, a man's just been arrested. A car drove into the gates, uh, Downing Street, you know, Downing Street, where the Prime Minister is. They've got gates at the end of the road. It used to be open, you know. Now, when did they put the gates up? and all the, the big iron sort of ironwork fencing and everything. You used to be able to walk past number 10 Downing Street where the Prime Minister was, but you can't anymore. I think they put that up because of the troubles and things at the time. Was it the 60s? Anyway, a car has just driven into the gates. On the, this is daft, this is typical journalists, isn't it? Media. Car rams Downing Street gates and all this, ploughs into the gates. I saw the video of it. The car, it looks like the, I don't know, the chap had dozed off because the car just saunters along, bumps into the gates. They weren't rammed or crashed into and all this business. The, the media love it, don't they? They just love all this stuff. They can't say the weather's going to be warm this weekend. It's an absolute blaster. It's going to be scorching a sizzling weekend. And then it rains anyway. So I don't know why they bother. But apparently someone's been arrested for ramming into the gates of Downing Street. London, I used to go up to London quite a bit in my teens and early 20s. Carnaby Street and all that stuff. It was good. It was great fun up there in the 60s. A lot less traffic, of course. I mean, it was very busy compared to you know, where I live down here on the coast. Go up to London. Wow, look at the cars everywhere. Whereas these days, there's now as many cars here 
as they were in London in those days. But uh, yeah, I used to enjoy going up to London. We'd park, I'd take a few mates in the car and we'd park, where was it? Um, Wimbledon, Wembley, Wembley. Yeah, Wimbledon's a tennis, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we park it and then get on the tube and go into London, which, which was good. And it was pretty safe then. You know, you, there wasn't all this trouble that, uh, all this crime and stuff that seems to be going on these days. I don't go to London anymore. I, I don't like it. I don't like the travelling. I certainly wouldn't want to drive up. There would be nowhere to park. Can't park in Worthing, let alone London. What do they do up there about parking? Goodness knows. There's a, a company, I won't mention the name, but there's a, a big company that's just opened a big office block near to us. And they've got parking. I don't know how many people work there, at least 100. And they've got parking, I think, for four cars. And <laughs> that's crazy. Four, I mean, what do people do? They've got to park somewhere. They can't all come in by train. I know someone that works there. He can't come in by train from where he lives because there's no station his end. It's fairly near the station this end. So he would have to drive to the station his end and he's out in the sticks a bit. It's, it's a disaster. Absolute disaster. So there's that word, absolute again. I've been watching, or not watching, I've been listening out for that word. And the amount of people that say, this is quite right, they say absolutely instead of yes. News people, newscasters, I don't understand it. It doesn't mean yes, does it? It means, what does it mean? <laughs> I don't know, I have no idea. Anyway, we're heading for 10 o'clock and it's Saturday morning, as I said, and the sun is shining, the sky is blue. I want to get out into the garden, but I've got a lot more to tell you, so I shall do that first. I once went up to London with a friend of mine. I was in my, I must have been, what, 18? Probably 17, I don't know. We went up in his car. I didn't, I couldn't drive at the time. So I must have been, yeah, perhaps less, perhaps I was 16. Anyway, we're in Soho, <laughs> having a look round, and it was very interesting. And we were standing in this sort of narrow street, and one side was a cinema. And this chap was saying, come on in, lads, come on in. It's only 12 and 6 to watch this film. It was Fanny Hill. Have you heard of the film Fanny Hill? I didn't watch it in the end. I'd, I've never seen it. And the chap the other side of the street, only a few yards, very narrow street, he was saying, come in here, lads, come in here, 12 and 6, come in here, same price. Do you remember 12 and sixpence in the old days, any good old money? Well, it was dreadful, I couldn't work out the money. And that was a strip club, come in here, lads, come and see the girls. And the chap the other side, tell you what, 10 shillings, yeah, come and see the film for 10 bob, come on. So the strip club chap, I'll tell you what I'll do, seven and six, come on lads, come on. We didn't go in either in the end. <laughs> but it was quite funny, these sort of people outside punting for business. Come in here lads, drop the price. I'll tell you what, ten bob, come on. <laughs> oh, I don't know, I don't know where we went in the end. Or oh, we did go to, we went to the Playboy Club. I don't know how we found that. I think we just came across it by accident. And we thought, oh, we're going here. I forget where it was now even. And this chap on the door said, no, sorry, lads, no, you can't come in here. Oh, oh well, why not? You know, we've, we've come up from Worthing. We lied. We've come up from Worthing, especially to go to the Playboy Club. No, 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 no. And he, he was really nice. He called a taxi over and he said, can you take these two lads to, I forget the name of the club. He said to the, the driver, I'd better put it on the account. So I don't know what that was all about. Anyway, we got in this taxi and this chap took us to this other club where we were allowed in. And it was great. I forget where it was or what it was called. And we stayed, <laughs> we stayed there till about two in the morning. 
It was brilliant. They had some live music there and some uh, half-naked girls dancing. Well, they weren't half-naked, you know, the girls dancing to the music. It was really good. But that was nice of the chap on the door at the, the Playboy Club. That was really nice of him. I think the Playboy Club was in Mayfair, wasn't it? Do you know, I really can't remember. I just re remember being turned away from there. I'm sure it was Mayfair later on in the 60s, so I, I don't know. My, isn't it awful trying to remember things? You know, you know when it was, you know everything, but you can't remember it. I suppose if you can't remember, you don't know. Is that true? Anyway, there we are. There were lots of clubs and pubs back then. I remember going to quite a few of the London pubs and it was, some of them were a little bit rough. You know, it depends where you go in London, of course. But some of them, they were traditional, you know, traditional British or English pubs. Really, the good old pubs. Not spit and sawdust floor, but well, some of them were. But the ones we went into, we, we didn't go on pub crawls, but it was out of interest looking at London pubs. Because down here in Worthing, I mean, the pubs were OK, but nothing like in London. And we were strangers, of course. You go into one of the pubs and they'd all look at you. No, no not threatening or anything like that, but they'd look at you. Oh, who are these two lads? What do they want? What are they doing here? And, you know, the barman was nice. Yeah, what do you want, lads? Uh, yeah, we've got double diamond, <laughs> pint of DD. Uh, happy days. And it was good. There were one or two very rough ones. As we walked in, look around, think, no, we won't bother with this one and walk out again. It looked a bit rough. But in the main, the London pubs were great. I remember visiting my cousin, my aunt and uncle in London, going up there with mum and dad. And there was a pub that my uncle used to go to, which was just on the opposite corner of the street where he lived. It was literally, I don't know, 10 metres away. Metres? What am I saying metres for? 10 yards, you know, proper, proper old money. And it was a fantastic pub. I went in there, I was only about 10, but I went in there, they didn't care, he took us in there. There was my sister, myself, mum and dad. Perhaps I was 12. And it was great. We sat in the corner having our orange juice or whatever. And it was great atmosphere. That's probably, <laughs> that's probably what got me into pubs in the first place. They were great days then. I've no idea what the pubs are like in London now. I don't know when I last went into a London pub. Decades ago, I would think. Of course, in my teens, when I started going to pubs, the, the drinks were double diamond and Watney's Red Barrel. They were the main ones. Watney's Red Barrel. It was dreadful stuff. So was double diamond. <laughs> Bass Charrington. Was it the uh, the brewery Bass Charrington and all that lot? Baby Sham for the girls. Cherry B, Cherry Brandy that was for the girls. And the, the uh, DD for the, the boys and Red Barrel. Oh, I don't know. What is Red Barrel? They were good days. I, I enjoyed it. Pubs then were very different, as I've said. They were more, I reckon they were more friendly. I, don't, I might be wrong. Uh, if you're a pub landlord, sorry. Why am I apologising? No, seriously, if you're a, a pub landlord, then I think you'll agree that uh, pubs are very different these days. Well, they're not pubs, are they? They're restaurants. In the old days, they had the regulars, the locals, and people would just stand at the bar all evening drinking and chatting and smoking. That's what I liked about it. Whereas these days, you you have to you go in. This this is what I find. We've been out a couple of times recently for meals, which is very much unlike me, but I have. You go into the door. And there's a notice, please wait here to be for seating or something, to be told where to sit. You know, what? What do you mean wait here to be told where to sit? In the old days, you go into the pub, you go up to the bar. Hello, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, great. Oh, nice day, isn't it? Nice weather, because we're British. What's the weather like? Oh, it's been raining. 
Whereas these days you go in and you've got to wait. You have to stand there. And a girl will come up to you and say, you know, normally I say a girl, I'm not being you know, sexist or anything like that, because normally it is a girl in her perhaps teens, early 20s. She's doing a university course. Perhaps she's going to be a doctor, something like that. And this is a bit of part-time work to get her some money. Why am I explaining all that to you? I have no idea. I need a cup of tea now. I'm getting thirsty. And the girl will come up to you and she'll say, seating for two, is it? Or seating for four, depending on how many. Yeah, yes, please. Right. And you have to follow her. There we are. You can sit there. I don't want to sit there. I want to sit over there. I don't want to sit anywhere. I want to stand at the bar and pretend I'm 18 again. A lot of places, of course, these days, if you don't have a meal somewhere, you have to book. We very rarely go out to pubs or meals. We go down to our club, but uh, don't go out for meals. It's very expensive wherever you go. It seems to be expensive anyway. Perhaps I'm out of touch with money. I know that. I'm way out of touch with prices, but it does seem to be very expensive. And also, I don't like the food. I had a, you know, I told you on Wednesday, didn't I? I went to the vet. We went to Lavington, is it East Lavington, north of Chichester. And there's a little a cafe, rather nice cafe there. Really nice, wonderful place. And Trish said, yeah, what are you going to have? I'm looking at the menu. I wanted a cheese and pickle sandwich. So I said, well, they don't do any sandwiches. And she said, yeah, there they do. Look, there's a, what is it? A chicata? Is it called a chicata? Cheese and pickle. And I said, well, what's a chicata? I want a sandwich. And she said, well, it is. It's a type of bread. So I said, well, why can't they just put it? It's a cheese and pickle sandwich then. And she said, well, it's chicata bread. I, I mean, what's the point? Of, you know, well, I don't know. Why can't they just have brown or white? That's what they used to say. Cheese and pickle sandwich, please. Well, OK, brown or white? Brown, yeah, all right. <laughs> These days you go into a pub and they'll grunt at you. You walk up to the bar and the chap will go, uh, oh, a, a pint of whatever, please. <laughs> no, they're not all like that. A lot of that's changed actually over the years. I think people are far more polite now. But I don't like this Jakarta stuff, you know. Surely a sandwich is a sandwich. Anyway, you don't worry about sandwiches. It was a lovely place. Trish had, what was it? Not tripe and onion. <laughs> she had tuna. Was it creamed tuna or sandwich? I don't know what it was. Some dreadful sandwich she had. And hers was huge. This huge sandwich. You think you're in Los Angeles the size of it. And my sandwich was tiny. Because I suppose Jakarta bread, it was like a long oblong thing anyway it was very nice and I did say to Trish yeah we'll have to get some of this funny bread it's quite nice Jakarta or was it Jakarta doesn't matter what it was it was all right I would highly recommend a place if ever you find yourself in East Lavington when I said that I went to the vet I didn't go to the vet for any problems personally obviously <laughs> go to the doctor for that we took the tortoise if you remember and he had a, a bit of an MOT, a bit of a check over, and they filed his beak down a little bit. So he's all A1 up and running now. And he's running around the garden as I speak. He's really enjoying the summer. He was a bit slow to start this year, but I think spring has been very slow to start. The, the warmth just hasn't been there. So, of course, he hasn't bothered to come out. But now he's running around. Oh, the funny thing is, Trish said, do you reckon he can get up this step into the back door, into the kitchen? I said, no, won't get up there. Look at it, it's quite a high step. He won't get up there. What happened? <laughs> she walked into the kitchen. She'd been upstairs. Who's stomping round the kitchen floor? The tortoise. He got up the step. 
it was stomping around in the kitchen having a look. So I'm going to have to do something. I can't put a piece of wood across or something like that higher up because I'll go and fall over it and end up in hospital. So I don't know what to do. I have to keep the back door shut, I suppose. He can't get up the dining room, the patio doors in the dining room because that's a lot higher. But he's certainly an inquisitive little character. He's all over the place looking into things and climbing all over things. Apparently tortoises do climb fences. I've seen pictures of them climbing up a fence. Uh, you know, the chain link, not the wooden fence. But uh, yeah, anyway, he's all A1 and up and running. And the vet wasn't expensive, which is nice. When I was in hospital, when I was 14, having my liver sewn up because I ruptured it, they had these medical trolleys. You know these trolleys? They're sort of tubular steel with a glass shelf on top and a glass shelf underneath, lower down. They're really good. Big wheels, big casters. I wanted one of those recently. Well, I still do. I won't go into it, but I've got a heavy bit of electronic equipment that I, I would like to wheel around if I can. And I just thought, well, the old medical trolleys, they're really sturdy. They're They'd take the weight easily. Tea trolleys won't. Do you remember the tea trolleys? Did you ever have a, a tea trolley? Your mum would wheel the tea trolley in Sunday afternoon. And on there, she'd wheel it into the lounge. And on there would be a, a sandwich thing. You know, these, um, what are they called? Cake plates, are they? Well, they're piled up. You've got, say, two, three, four plates on a, a central stick thing. <laughs> and on there, you've got different sandwiches or different types of cake bit of fruit cake, bit of chocolate cake, some homemade buns or whatever. And a teapot, of course. Teapot, the little milk jug and the little sugar bowl. Don't do any of that anymore, do we? We don't have the sugar bowl and the little milk jug. On the, <laughs> on the table, you've got the plastic milk bottle. Sugar, in a, a, whatever it's in, in its packet, if you use it, we don't use sugar much anymore. And the proper little salt cellar, oh, it was it was good. The tea trolley, I remember she'd wheel it in and we'd all help ourselves to sandwiches. Sunday afternoon tea, that was. Anyway, that's too weak. The trolley is too weak to hold this bit of heavy gear that I want to stick on it. So I had a look online, eBay and various other places. I found exactly what I want. Medical trolleys, vintage, between three and four hundred pounds. In fact, one, four hundred and fifty pounds. It's exactly the sort of thing they had in the ward when I was in hospital in 1960, whatever it was, 65, I think. Exactly that sort of thing. But because it's vintage, it's now three or four hundred pounds. This one was 450. Collection only from somewhere up north. Stone the crows. I only want a trolley to put my... Anyway, there we are. I, I can't have one. I can't have a trolley. I'm not spending that. Had I known that trolleys back then were going to be that expensive and in demand in the future that they can hold a price like that or demand a price like that then back in those days I remember around the back of the the hospital I remember things that had been thrown out and I remember seeing trolleys there perhaps the glass top had broken or was missing or whatever but the trolley itself was all right I remember seeing a, a pile of stuff filing cabinets bits and pieces like that had I known I'd have taken a van round there and picked it up taken it all home stash it in the loft for a few decades and then put it on eBay. <laughs> I would have replaced the glass top, of course, with a, a piece of wood, decent piece of wood. But there we are. I'm, I'm not paying that sort of money for a trolley. I'll tell you what would be sought after and expensive these days. When I was in hospital, they bought round the, the phone 
on a trolley. Now, do you remember the phone boxes in Britain in the old days? Even if you're abroad, you know the red phone boxes. You've got the, the phone thing in there, button A, button B, and the, the receiver and the dial and all that. Well, this trolley, this wooden trolley that a nurse brought round to me so I could phone my mum, she parked it by my bed. And it was a button A, button B type telephone box telephone, but on a wooden trolley. And underneath it were telephone directories and all sorts of things like that. Fantastic. And she plugged it into a socket on the wall near my bed. And then I, you know, I picked it up and I, what did you do? And I asked the operator, that's it. I asked the operator for the number and she said, put in four pennies. So I clonk, 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 put my four pennies in, press button, whatever it was. Hello, mum, it's me. I'm in hospital. <laughs> yes, I know that. <laughs> that was good. Now you imagine that, that phone on that trolley now on eBay, that'd probably be a thousand pounds. Had I known that, I would have nicked the trolley on my way home when I left the hospital. But there were these phone trolleys all round the place. I remember seeing them in the corridor, you know, in the ward, all over the place, these phone trolleys. I liked all that sort of thing. I know it's old-fashioned. I mean, can you imagine now? You're in hospital and you want to phone home, want to phone your wife or your mum or whoever, your husband, <laughs> your next-door neighbour, the pub landlord, I'm out tomorrow, can you get us a pint in ready? I'll have a pint of DD, please. But can you imagine now, if someone wheeled a trolley to your bed, I mean, you just get your mobile phone out, don't you? Dit, dit, dit. Hello, it's me. But I do like the old-fashioned stuff. We have, I think I've told you before, I've probably told you everything before, in our hallway, we've got a 1930s candlestick telephone. Do you remember those? You lift up the little receiver off the hook on the side and you speak into the mouthpiece on the candlestick part. And I've actually wired it up to a bell box, a wooden bell box on the wall in the hall next to the grandmother clock. And I've wired it up so when you lift the, the receiver on the phone, the bell goes ding, just like that, ding. And when you put it down again, ding. It's great. People love it. People that come round to see us, they love it. They're, oh, look, you've got a candlestick phone. And that's next to a, a 1940s valve radio, an echo. Do you remember the round echo radios? That's next to one of those. It all looks rather nice near the grandmother clock on the wall. I like all that sort of thing. I like the old-fashioned stuff. We've also got in the hallway a servant's bell box. Now, are you allowed to call it servants now, or is that derogatory? Is that offensive? Someone going to be offended or triggered? <laughs> anyway, it's a servant's bell box. That's what it is. And uh, if someone doesn't like the term, well, I can't help that. Because there were servants back then, weren't there? There were domestics. And you had a cook. What's that newsflash? Airport chaos. Oh, here we go. UK's electronic border control system crashes. Crashes. Utter joke, it says here. I think, yeah, the airport, whatever it is, there's queues of people all over the place. And of course, it's bank holiday weekend, so everyone's flying off to somewhere or other. There's me moaning about the parking in East Worthing. And these people, they can't even get a plane now. I don't know. Yeah, servant's bell box. On the box is a, is a glass front and it's all like gold leaf. It's lovely. Little windows. I think ours has got eight little windows and it says bedroom one, bedroom two, lounge, dining room, morning room, library, hall, main hall, entrance, all this sort of thing. And that box would normally be downstairs uh, in the sort of basement area where the cook was and the, the butler and the, the whatever. 
so the bell would go ding a ling a ling and you look up the box and in one of the little windows a little pendulum with a like a star on it or, or a red cross or something on it would be swinging it would just swing in its little window and it would say bedroom three so someone in bedroom three wants you so you'd have to go up and say yes mom <laughs> oh yes sir my lord yes my lud <laughs> so that was good i've got that in the hall it's on the wall and i've got it all going i've reconditioned the whole thing rewired everything inside because it was all moldy but bear in mind this is probably from the 30s or earlier it's a lovely wooden box but I haven't actually wired it up yet. I was going to, I'm not going to put a bell push in every room because that would be too much wiring. But I, I thought I'd have a couple of buttons somewhere in the hall, uh, especially for the grandchildren when they come. Well, I say grandchildren, they're adults now, most of them. We've got this eight-year-old. No, he's still seven. But I thought that would be good fun. Press that ding-a-ling-a-ling and then one of the little pendulums is swinging. Again, it's, it's just things I like, old-fashioned things like that. I like it all. I remember many decades ago when I was first married, I said to someone, they came round to see our house, we'd moved house, and I said, oh, we've got this chipboard, is it melamine chipboard covered stuff, awful dressing table and bits and pieces, the wardrobe was melamine chipboard stuff, and I said, I want to get rid of all this and have proper wooden furniture, and this chap said, well, that'll cost you a fortune, oh, I wish I could afford to do that, I have to have that, I can't afford all this wooden stuff. And I said, no, 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 you don't have to go and buy brand new furniture, oak furniture and things. It does cost a lot of money. What you do is you get some old second-hand stuff. I had a table, a kitchen table, pine table, very old, probably, I don't know, early 50s, something like that, maybe 40s. And someone had painted it white and it was awful. There was a drawer in it and they'd painted it. I stripped all the paint off rubbed it all down, cleaned it all up and treated the top with whatever it was. Anyway, that was our kitchen table and it was fantastic. And it only cost whatever it was to get the paint off, the nitromores, a tin of that to get the paint off, clean it up some, I think I varnished the top, I can't remember, several coats of varnish or poly, polyurethane. Do you remember that? Anyway, this chap came round some weeks later and he said, oh, I bet that cost you an arm and a leg. Actually, I don't know why I'm doing that. He didn't speak like that. He just said, oh, I expect that cost you an arm and a leg, didn't it? I can't afford things like that. And I said, I got the table for nothing. And all I've spent is the nitromores to get the paint off and the polyurethane. Oh, well, that's cheap. I said, yeah, there you are, you see. And my, my father, he had a, a huge chest of drawers, quite a big chest of drawers. Someone had painted that. I think it was green. They did that in the old days, didn't they? They like green. Hang on, what's this? Oh, that's all right. That's our WhatsApp thing. That's just a member of the family with some news. So what he did, he stripped it all off. And I must say, he did an, an excellent job. It took him a long time, it took weeks. But this chest of drawers, when he finished, it looked like new. Genuine kind of 1940s, but new. He had done an amazing job on it. And I, th I don't know where that ended up. It was too big. I wouldn't have wanted it. It was too big. He had quite a big house at the time where he was. But you can get second hand. Well, uh, dare I mention my three pound pine table that I'm actually sitting at now. Now, I'm not allowed to mention that, am I? Sorry. <laughs> Happy days. We've got a toy box. Well, it's not a toy. Well, I don't know what it is. It's a big, huge, like a wooden chest in the dining room. We use it for uh, toys. When the little ones used to come round, they'd 
delve into the toy box and muck around in there. And that, I've just treated it with linseed oil and it's come up beautifully. It was sort of raw wood. I think it's oak or maybe it's pine, whatever it is. It's come up really well. This linseed oil has brought out the grain and it looks fantastic. We've also got a, a cabinet in the dining room. I'm going to do that with linseed. In the lounge, our TV stand, we haven't got these horrible glass and tubular things or your chipboard, whatever it is. It's melamine, isn't it? That plastic stuff on the chipboard. We've got uh, their pine, I think. Again, matching the other unit, the, the box. I'm going to linseed oil those. It smells a bit and it's a bit greasy if you get it on your hands. It's difficult to get off. You've got to be a little bit careful. If you use a paintbrush to brush it on, you've then got to get off any excess with a, a cloth. Otherwise, it, it just pools and kind of just goes into a sticky mess. But it makes wooden furniture, that's raw wood, of course, makes it look absolutely fantastic, brings out the grain. I ought to do my pine desk. Now, to be honest, it's such a mess. I've got so many dents in it now because I've used this as a workbench and all sorts of things over the years. Oh, there again, it might look quite nice. You never know, that might be added to my list of things to do. Now what? Here we are, another news flash. ITV investigated rumours of relationship between Philip Schofield and younger employee. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I can't keep up with the news these days. There's so much going on. Do you remember the old news at 10? News at 6, was it BBC? BBC One Television, news at 6 o'clock. And then ITV, wasn't it? News, no, BBC, then News at 9. Then News at 10 was ITV, I believe. That's when the newscaster sat there in his tie and his suit, clean white shirt, hair perfect. Speak the Queen's English, as it was then, the Queen's English back then. Don't you know? Well, no, he wasn't like that. But he, he pronounced everything properly. Dotted the I's and crossed the T's. News readers these days, they say, hello, welcome to the news from me and whoever's next to them, and Caroline. It's Caroline and me. Or they'll say their name if I'm saying, welcome to the news from Ray and Tricia. Well, you put the other person first, don't Anyway, all the grammar and syntax, and it's all gone out of the window. No one bothers anymore. I'm surprised the newsreaders don't come on in jeans and an old T-shirt with Led Zeppelin written on the front. All right, I've got the news here, innit? Right, or what? <laughs> I, died. I wonder, you never know, will it ever end up like that? You see these old films, don't you? And there might be a news flash on the radio. This is the BBC Home Service. Here is the news. And it's all properly done. And people would complain if the newsreader wasn't clear or concise or if he did something grammatically incorrect. People would write in or they'd phone. They'd phone the BBC. Oh, I say, oh, that chap reading the news just now, oh, jolly dreadful. I'm going to end the podcast episode here. I hope you've enjoyed listening to my ramblings as much as I've enjoyed rambling. I do. I love that. I've said this before many times. I love recording these podcasts. I sit here on my own in my high-tech air-conditioned <laughs> air <conditioned> studio. <laughs> I don't know. Talk about lying. No, I'm sitting here on my own in the room and it's lovely. I've got the big bay window at the front here. I'm surrounded by my amateur radio gear all my electronic equipment is fantastic i don't turn any of that on of course while i'm chatting to you because you'll have people in the background 
rabbiting away about aerials and transmitters and things. But out of the front window, I can see the perfectly clear blue sky, the flag wavering in the breeze, which is coming from the east. And it's nearly lunchtime. That's the main reason I've got. There are two reasons I've got to end it now. It's almost lunchtime and the sun is shining and I don't want to miss it because you know about the British summer, don't you? It lasts about three days and then it's rain and snow and wind and dreadful things. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Love to hear from you wherever you are in the world. Just say, hi, I'm here. Hi, hello from Nebraska. Hello from New Zealand or wherever. And I'll mention, I'll give you a big shout out on the radio station. Perhaps I ought to hook up a transmitter. How about that? A pirate radio station. That would be different, wouldn't it? Rather than put out old 60s music like the pirates do. There are one or two pirates around these days. I could transmit live podcasts, couldn't I? Welcome to Radio Ray. <laughs> Look after yourselves. Take care. Don't forget to email me. And I shall see you on Wednesday with a midweek message. Bye-bye for now.